Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Wednesday, August 30th, 527 a.m. Central Time. December corn futures up four and three quarters at 491 and a half. November soybeans up eight at $14 and a half. December Chicago wheat up five at 605 and a half. December Kansas, December Kansas City wheat, uh, excuse me, up one and a quarter at 730 and a half. December spring wheat down two and a quarter at 783 and a half. Why don't we start off with the weather here this morning? So the forecast remains dry for the majority of the U.S. Corn Belt and U.S. Plains this morning. The seven-day forecast also, excuse me, the seven-day forecast offers almost no rainfall for key U.S. corn and soybean areas. The 10-day Euro and GFS are mostly dry but offer some rain for small areas of the region. Temperatures will be more moderate today, although excessive heat will return by the weekend. The vast majority of the central U.S. will see temperatures in the 90s by Sunday. You do have some rain associated with this hurricane that could make its way up into the um, like mid-south and maybe southern corn belt here over the next uh, week or so. But I think it's going to be very, very limited. Um, the heat's going to be back uh, by Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and really into a lot of next week. So I'm not an agronomist, but this doesn't look good to me. Um, drop me some comments here in the YouTube video, guys. What do you think this is going to do to the soybean crop? I think the general idea among traders is that we're probably losing a little bit of yield. You've seen how soybean futures have been independently strong. Uh, wheat futures are soft. Corn futures are soft. But you've got and and you've got a bid underneath the soybean market. Beans were lower overnight. They filled that gap from uh, Sunday night in the November contract. But now you're back above 14 bucks. So the market looks awfully good, and I think the market is taking notice. I just don't know at this point if I personally am able to quantify the sort of of crop damage that has been done or is being done as a result of of this like just consistently. Uh, dry pattern with, with a lot of heat mixed in also. So it's not uh, not an ideal finish by any means. Canadian farmers will harvest less wheat than expected due to drought conditions. Statistics Canada estimated all wheat production at 29.5 million tons, the second lowest in eight years, and down 14% from last, ye last year. The average industry expectation was 30.4 million tons. Global wheat stockpiles are forecast to fall to their lowest levels in more than a decade because of drought and extreme weather. So um, if you're in Canada, a lot of you guys have told me it's it's dry up here. Spring wheat crops in trouble. And that's exactly what Stats Canada told you yesterday. Spring wheat production going to be off 14 and a half percent. Overall wheat production off 14.2. The spring wheat crop is, is the vast majority of, of the wheat crop in Canada. Uh, Durham's going to be off 26.5% versus last year. Um, spring wheat futures attempted to rally on this news yesterday morning very, very briefly. Uh, it caught a bid when the numbers were out and then very quickly sold off again and posted uh, spring wheat futures on a continuation basis, posted some fresh lows this morning, lowest trade since June of 2021 this morning. So... This may sound crazy, but I feel like personally, the wheat market is still in the process of correcting 
after this Russia Ukraine thing. I know that was more than a year ago. I get it, but that's that's what it feels like to me. We're in the process of normalizing that the wheat situation globally is the tightest it's been in a while. Um, global stocks to use ratio projected, I think somewhere around 33 or 34 percent, which would be the tightest since 2014. The market just doesn't seem overly interested in that, and it seems more interested in like normalizing um, and, and moving back toward. I don't, know if, I don't know if you're going back to pre-COVID levels, but you're getting back to like, you know, levels that you hadn't seen since pre-invasion, certainly. So it's it's not a good action. You had fresh calendar, your lows uh, yesterday, I believe, in HRW and also SRW Wheat Futures, too. So if you guys are not already subscribed to our premium content, you need to do so. Joe, can you tell me about this video you put together yesterday? I did a video back in January, and it was called Corn Demand Horror Story. And in that video, I discussed my concerns as related to corn exports and also ethanol. This is kind of a new version of the Corn Demand Horror Story. I have two concerns right now, the biggest one being exports uh, for this new crop marketing year that begins on September 1st uh, for two reasons. The first one is that our book of sales is no good. And the second one is that we've got river issues again. Uh, Mississippi River levels really low. Uh, barge rates are up. It's going to hurt basis. I think it's already hurting basis. I think it's already um, resulted in, in wider spreads, more carry in the market. My second concern, which is a much lesser concern, would be ethanol as it relates to um, any potential new COVID wave, reduced uh, energy usage, that sort of thing. I went through the balance sheets and tried to kind of quantify this. Like, what are the worst case scenarios when it comes to those two items. If you guys want to see that video and the six most recent uh, premium videos that we put out, go to standardgrain.com this morning. You can sign up for the premium deal. I'll send you over this morning's email. It's got the six most recent videos plus a whole bunch of other stuff included. This is a $50 per month subscription. Cancel at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. Just a ton of info direct from us every single day, guys. Speaking of ethanol, ethanol's future in sustainable aviation fuel hinges on Washington's tax policy, according to the CEO of Green Plains. Ethanol producers continue to pressure the Biden administration to help maximize tax credits provided by the Inflation Reduction Act. Disagreement on how to track SAF emissions remains a challenge. The U.S. ethanol industry is banking on SAF to help keep demand alive in the coming years as gas consumption is expected to decline. A final decision on the matter is expected in September. I don't know exactly if everything hinges on this tax policy. I just think that if you're the CEO of Green Plains or somebody else who has an interest in this, you would obviously like to see the tax policy go your way. Although I don't know if everything hinges on that tax policy. Um, this is kind of an update on an old story because we've seen comments along these lines from other people involved in the ethanol space or in the SAF space. Um, essentially, you've got like your biofuel producers and your farm state lawmakers, uh, Bloomberg did a great job with this article, uh, pushing for a model that's used by the energy department, which would give uh, credit for carbon sequestered in soil even after the crops are removed. And then the environmentalists are on the other side and they want a more rigorous model. Um, so I don't know which way it's gonna go, but there is some news pending and they're talking like September. So it could be any day now that you see some guidance from the, um, I believe from the Treasury Department is who we're, we're looking for guidance from. Uh, it could be any day now. USDA reported flash sales to unknown destinations on Tuesday. U.S. exporters sold 246,100 metric tons of soybeans to unknown destinations for delivery during the next marketing year. They also sold 105,000 metric tons of soybean cake and meal to unknown destinations for delivery during the next marketing year. 
Uh, it's good to see the demand. We've still got um, a, a demand issue when it comes to exports and soybeans. I think our new crop book of soybean sales is off like 30% versus last year. Um, you've actually got some carry in the new crop soybean market. So, um, you know, there's there's a couple of, of I guess, um, different factors here. Like you've got some things like you look at the hot and dry weather, you look at the at flat price on the board, and it would lead you to believe that this is going to be a really tight situation. But then you look at the spreads, you look at the book of export sales, and it tells you that maybe it's not as tight. So there's some conflicting uh, factors here when it comes to the bean market, certainly. U.S. job openings fell for the third straight month in July, falling by 338,000 from the previous month. Openings now stand at 8.8 million, the lowest level since March of 2021. The number of people quitting their jobs in July fell to its lowest level since early 2021, a sign of reduced confidence in the labor market. Despite signals that the labor market may be loosening a bit, the unemployment rate remains near a 50-year low at 3.5%. Stocks responded positively on Tuesday. The S&P 500 increased 0.6%. The Dow Jones also increased 0.6%, and the NASDAQ gained 0.8%. This all ties back to the Fed and interest rates, which if you guys are are farming or involved in agriculture, directs you, uh, it impacts you directly. And that's why we talk about it. This is very much what the Fed wants to see. They want to see uh, job openings reduced. They won't say it, but they want to see unemployment higher. And and that's what they're getting. They're getting a normalization here in terms of job openings. Um, and that is, is probably a good thing if you're looking for interest rates to normalize or stabilize. Um, the Fed wants to essentially see your labor market normalize. They want to see inflation normalize and, and get to their 2% target. So this, I guess, is it was seen as a positive by the stock market because uh, the Fed is still a huge, probably the biggest influence on the stock market. And that's why it was higher yesterday, because this would probably inspire some more dovish attitudes among the Fed, I guess. Uh, cattle market was kind of, what, mixed yesterday? Yeah, narrowly mixed. Uh, feeder cattle futures closed between 27 cents lower and 45 cents higher. Live cattle futures were 17 cents lower to 30 cents higher. Box beef had a down day. Choice ended the day at 314.36. That was down 268. Select ended the day at 289.68. That was down 241. Outside market's pretty quiet. U.S. dollars off just a little bit. Stocks are mixed. Bonds off a little bit. Uh, crude oil up 61 cents in the October WTI at 81.77. Have a great day, guys. We'll talk to you Thursday.